everyone. We have another episode of TPA Tidbits, a Sentinel Pension podcast. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by yet another guest who has also become a very good friend of mine. Almost best friend, right, Marta? Yeah. We're, oh, we're so close. We're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> so her name is Marta Hurst. And Marta has been in the retirement industry for... 17 years. 17 years. And I'm just going to hand it over to Marta for her to do a little introduction of what you do, where you're at, and then we'll go from there. Okay. So my name is Marta Hurst. I am a partner at Fiduciary Wise. Uh, We are a 401k CEO. So we are actually a 402 named fiduciary. Plan sponsors can hire us to kind of take over all of the um, oversight aspects of the 401k plan because a lot of plan sponsors get a little overwhelmed with all the little things they have to do. Um, so they can outsource that to us. And my role right now, um, I get to go out and meet with TPAs and advisors and talk about what we do. Uh, and then we also have semi-annual meetings with our clients to cover all of the, the responsibilities. It's more of a report to them about what we're doing and making sure all of the functions and duties are taken care of. So I feel like whenever you probably explain that to people, at least my first question is, okay, so what's the difference between that and what a TPA does? Mm -hmm. And then follow up, what's the difference between that and what an investment advisor does? So start with the difference between you and me. Okay. So I'm going to explain it this way. There are three different buckets of ERISA. There's legal and management, investments, and administration. Okay. So Mm -hmm. The investment professional falls under the investments, obviously. And there's different types of investment advisors, as we know. You can just be an advisor. You can be a 321 that consults on the investments. You can be somebody who provides participant education. You can be a 338. But that all falls under one little bucket, the investment bucket. So even if you have another plan fiduciary, they're probably in one of those buckets. The TPA bucket is administrative. Um, you're typically not a fiduciary, except we know some TPAs provide some 316 fiduciary, but that still is only under the administrative bucket. Okay. So 402 really is over all of it. So in the legal plan document, it, it there is a 402 fiduciary, and it is always by default the plan sponsor. Hmm. So the plan sponsor is typically the one who is, even though they hire and delegate different jobs of the 401k, ultimately they are responsible at the end of the day. So that's how we're different, is that we are the oversight for, for the whole thing. And then the plan sponsor, if you can think visually, gets moved over to the legal and management side. So they still have to do some things, right? Like, we're not going to submit payroll for them. Um, they still have to have a, a fidelity bond. They still have to provide information to their TPA at the end of the year for testing and all those things. We can't do those things for them. But there's a lot of other things that are involved with the plan that we can do. So they get moved over to, to one of those little buckets, and then we take care of the rest. We provide uh, an annual report that, you know, checks some boxes, make sure that then they get a report card of, here's all the things that got done, it's all taken care of. Then we sign the 5500, everybody's happy. Okay, so let's drill down a little bit deeper into that. Okay. Okay, so that makes, first of all, I feel like a lot of plan sponsors, I mean, they know that they're fiduciaries, they probably don't know what 402 means. Right. Um, and so... Let's say that you and I had a mutual client. So you are the 402A. Yes. Okay. And I am the TPA. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we could do something with that. Okay. Anyway, so I would still perform the testing 5500 preparation and everything I'm doing now 
and you would be overseeing what we're doing. Yeah, and I don't want to make it sound like we're like the manager. Uh, I mean, we're not like, I feel like people get a little weirded out, like, what do you mean you're watching my stuff? We're really not. Just like you sent the, the report to the plan sponsor, and they're supposed to look it over before they sign it. Most of them don't know what they're looking at, so we actually do. Oh. So we may have, like, a follow-up question, like, gotcha. oh, hey, Melissa, we noticed that this over here, and, and then you say, oh, yeah, that's because blah, 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 and we're like, okay, great. Da, da, da. So you're basically the plan sponsor. So we're basically the plan sponsor. Um, in a multiple employer plan, we are the plan sponsor. But anyway, but just, you know, a, a standalone plan can employ us to to help with those aspects. And same thing with investments. An investment provider sends, here's the lineup and here's the reports, and that would typically go to the plan sponsor. Um, and they're supposed to, you know, that's that's their report card to gauge it. But a lot of plan sponsors don't really know what they're looking at. Um, so we we do that as well, just make sure, and, and make sure um, education is done. So sometimes um, advisors just meet with the newly eligible employees. Oh, well, I enrolled these new people. Okay, well, what about everybody else? It is your job as the plan sponsor to make sure that your participants, all of your participants are getting education about the 401k plan. Did that happen? You know, what did you offer? How many people came? So it's just about like documenting, not just about, but it's a lot about documenting the process, asking the questions and making sure all of, all the things are, are being met. And some plan sponsors are like, oh, what do you mean I have to meet with everybody? Or, you know, what? So they don't even always know what the requirement is. So the things that we ask are, do you want to be the named plan fiduciary? Most of them don't. Um, do the fiduciary is like the a worse F word than the actual yeah. F word. <laughs> yes. I always yes. tell people that. I agree. So we've been trying to uh, reposition that as like leadership and stewardship of your plan. Oh, okay. okay. So it sounds a little more positive, but people do get really kind of scared by the F word. Um, so do you want to be... Uh, do you have the expertise? Because a lot of people do not. Do you have the time? Uh, and do you want the personal liability? So those are kind of the four questions that we ask plan sponsors when it relates to being a fiduciary. And most of them don't. Okay. That makes This is making sense. So, but the plan sponsor still has some responsibility in day-to-day operations of the plan. Correct. Okay. So, um, what was going to be my follow-up? Oh. This is kind of a pet peeve of mine. I've said this on the podcast before, so I have no problem saying it again. But when someone, like a 338, says, we will relieve you of all your fiduciary responsibilities, and I have to be like, eh, eh, that's not a correct statement. Regardless, the plan sponsor, because they are hiring you, they still have some fiduciary responsibility if something goes amiss with the plan. Like, you guys take on some, you guys take on probably, I would say, specific liabilities, um. Y- yes. So I'm getting, like, I'm getting a little deep. Technical. You are getting a little deep. Sorry, Marta. That's okay. So you looked at me do... like, why are you asking me this? No, question? no, no. We take over about ninety-five percent of the ERISA required fiduciary duties. That is exactly okay. what I wanted to know. Yes. Okay. And then the the plan sponsor. Well, one of their remaining duties is to monitor us, mm-hmm. and that's why we provide that little report card that says literally line by line. Here, here are the things we that have to be taken care of. Here's who took care of them, and ultimately fiduciary wise signs off on all of them. They still get to pick their service providers and we do not compete with any service providers. We do no TPA, no advisor. Um, we don't do record audits, yeah. record keeping. We don't do any of those things and we don't want to because we can't remain impartial. Like if I become a TPA, I'm never going to fire myself. Duh. Right. So we feel like to be a true independent fiduciary and there are fiduciary options out there. They're like, Oh yeah, we do all of the things. Well, how do you do all of the things and still remain an impartial fiduciary? You can't. You're never going to fire yourself. 
Um, I kind of feel like that with bundled uh, record keepers, if yes. you want my opinion on that. I I, I don't agree. know if it, if they should be providing all of those services. Seems a little bit like conflict of interest. Conflict of interest, not enough segregation of duties, and they're never going to go, oh, your TPA isn't doing what they're supposed to be doing, and even if the advisor is bundled. Like, I feel like that's the... I feel like bundled is actually more of a red flag than what people think. Mm-hmm. It's and, not the checks and balances. Like, well, they go out the window. I'm going to say this. I had We had a um, law firm who has recently changed their advisor. It happens from time to time. New managing partner. And he called me, and he said... I told I told these advisors I'm happy to look for different record keepers, but I want you guys on this plan because I feel comfortable with y'all and I know that you're going to oversee everyone, which technically isn't my job. I think his point is more I don't want the same company doing yeah. all three or four or five of the duties for a 401k plan. I think I think that's an excellent point, Mark, yeah, that you yeah. just made. And we do serve as fiduciary for some bundled plans, and so at least there is somebody who knows yes. what is supposed to be happening. Um, but you know, coming from the CPA world, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And back and backing up a step, I do think if you are bundled, you need to have some sort of oversight. That might be a strong I statement. I love it. But. I agree. Uh, yes. And, I and your oversight is Marta. <laughs> okay. So let, let me, I just want to ask a little bit about the firm. How long has y'all's firm been around? Oh, um, <laughs> it was established in 2010. So okay. it's really about, yeah, we're, about, we're only about 12 years old. Is that because a code 402A was like a newer type of code? No. So our founder, Don Jones, um, he was also an expert witness. So Don founded this company 12 years ago? Yes. So before that. I'm just thinking about Don's age. He Sorry, was the, Don. But he was the, <laughs> would not be doing that. He was the national sales director for Nationwide. Oh, okay. That. Okay. Okay. And he, he saw this need. And then he, he was also an expert witness, and he asked me one time, he's like, had you ever heard of 402? And I was like, no. And he said, it's, 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 it's out there. That word is out there. And even in the, like, that's just uh, particularly in litigation, there was always reference to a 402. And he's like, what? 402 is not the same as a plan sponsor. And so then he kind of found this niche, and fiduciary-wise was born. Is there another firm like you guys? That's that like when I say like that truly provides four hundred two services. Um, I can think of one. They do it in a very different way. Um, so there's there's nobody that does it the way that we do it. And then you know there are some some big names out there that claim that they do four hundred two, but they also do the TPA, and then they might also do the three thirty eight. So again, as, as like a true standalone fiduciary, not really. Yeah. I mean, not really. Okay. When I was in the TPA world, we worked with another 402, air, air quotes, and they would have meetings with the plan sponsor without any of the service providers, and then they'd come back and be like, oh, well, TPA, they're not happy with your fees, and you need to lower them. And advisor, they're not happy that you haven't been here in the last quarter. Like, they were just, they it were... sounds like a volatile relationship. It was. It was awful. And then, Ironically, they got fired, and all of us other service providers stayed involved in the plan. Mm, um, so that plan. So we do not. Yeah, exactly. We do not have closed door meetings with plan sponsors. Everybody is involved in the meetings. We like to have representation from the TPA advisor, um, record keepers. You know, they got all these other things going on. They provide. It's not that hard to evaluate their services most of the time. So larger plans, they might get on like a, a meeting once a year, but. 
Um, we really like the TPA and advisor to be involved because they're the day-to-day contacts for the plan sponsor. Yeah, that makes sense. About how many clients do you guys have? Oh, about 850. Holy moly! And about uh, 1.5 billion in assets. So I, I think for a company that's been around for 12 years, that's, I'm impressed with us. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. So, man, good thing Marty's in town for a couple of days, which by the way, um, you know, all four listeners, uh, <laughs> if I sound raspy, it's because Marty came in yesterday. So we had, we had some cocktails. Um, not my fault. Uh, so <laughs> well, how big is y'all's team? Um, well, so it's, uh, I would say we have six or seven full time and we're actually in the process of talking with like two or three more. And then we do a lot of, um, we, we utilize, we lean on our, our legal team a lot. So we've got access to a couple of people there that we're in pretty constant communication with. So, uh, how did that answer that question? That was, that was fine. <laughs> well, no, because I'm just picturing like, so it sounds to me just, you know, you give 850 plans, you know, to scale that you got to have probably pretty specific services that you're providing on specific timelines for clients, correct? Yes. Okay. That's true. And then we, ha- and then we have these meetings. So most plans have, well, okay. So, so most of our standalone plans have two meetings a year. Um, and then there might be something that comes up in the, the middle, like, oh, hey, we really, we, we want to change record keepers. Well, okay, so let's have a se- get some proposals, have a separate meeting. Um, but in general, we're, we're looking at two meetings a year. A, a few of them only have one. And then a lot of those plans are in multiple employer plans mm-hmm. or in PEPs. And so we, we don't, we kind of do like a, a, we do a recorded meeting um, depending on their size. So, but yes, we, we have a whole, you know, process for how we stay in touch, how we monitor the processes. Um, we love working with TPAs because they are, are good about helping us um, keep the puzzle pieces together. together. Um, and, and we have good dialogue with them. Whereas, you know, some of those bundled service providers. Yeah, not so much. So, and I mean, I, again, I'm going to say this because we are an unbundled product. So bundled service providers are my biggest competitor, honestly. Um, so if somebody's listening to this, I guess like what would be like you asked, you know, those three questions, but do you feel like, let's let, let me, this is very specific where I'm going. Let's say a plan doesn't have a 402A and then they run into some compliance issues. Uh Do you guys could they engage you at that point to kind of get them back in compliance and then keep, like, can y'all help them with VCP filings and stuff like that? So we don't do the VCP. I mean, we'd refer them to our attorney Attorney. to help with that piece of it. But I do find coming from the TPA world and I partnered with fiduciary wise when I was in the TPA world, we would come across clients that, you know, okay, we have to fix this stuff and here's what we need to do. Um, I would say, you know what would keep this from happening again. Is if you had us to Is if with. you had yeah. a 402 fiduciary. And so they're like, oh, let's, you know, tell me more. And then, like, people who have been in a mess and saw what it took to get out of it, even if it's not that big of a deal, people just want to know that somebody's watching. Yeah. And then if we miss it as fiduciary-wise, that's our fault. So, you know, and we have a lot of checks and balances, and we know what we're looking at. But I'm not going to tell you mistakes never happen. But then it's, it's fiduciary-wise. If a... Um, the DOL or the IRS walks in your office and has questions about the 401k plan and you have fiduciary wise, your first call is to fiduciary wise. Just a minute. Let me get my 402 on the phone. Mm-hmm. And then you hand it off. So we're literally working on an IRS audit from somebody. They 
sent us the information. Here we go. And and Tom Bick in our office is the one who is talking with the IRS guy. Yeah, because why, as a plan sponsor, would you want to have to worry about that? Exactly. You know what I mean? You just don't have the expertise to be able to do it. Most people don't have the expertise, including CPAs. I'm in a CPA firm. My partners are great, but most of them do not know enough about the retirement, like the, the nitty-gritty of yeah. the retirement plan that that IRS agent is going to ask you. Yes, and you don't want to give them more than they ask for, Correct. right? And plan sponsors, who do they? are like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think that would be really stressful to have somebody walk in your office. Now, what, what size of plan, then, is most likely to have the IRS or the DOL walk in? Well, you know, the, I feel like that number's always been pretty high, mm-hmm. uh, but it is lowering. Mm-hmm. And, and we have, um, I got a phone call from somebody the other day, IRS walks in, wants to look at their 401k plan. It's only like an $800,000 mm-hmm. plan with 10 people. Now, they did their RMD slate for two years, mm. so I, I would guess that that was a little flag. Um, but you know, they, they don't, they don't know what to do and they don't know what questions they should or shouldn't ask or where this information is. They, they have not employed our services. This was just a, yeah, somebody that called and said, huh, can you help? (laughs) Well, and I think that that's another thing that, again, I always, I say this about our TPA services too. I mean, we're not a fiduciary, but I would say that, you know, we are running the compliance testing and it should be right. But People don't understand how how highly regulated 401k plans are because it's not just the IRS looking at your 401k plan. It's also the Department of Labor. And yeah. both of those have different sanctions, different fees, yeah. different ways to correct them. I mean, the SECURE Act increased your late 5,500 filings by 15 times, mm-hmm. if I'm doing the math right. And it's a lot. And they got no problem sending out a notice saying that your 5,500 was late. Do you want to be responsible for that? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Marta, do you? I know. <laughs> but we are for some of them, you know? Right. And so, like, this, again, this, it's not, I mean, it's really not necessarily even a sales pitch. It's just, like, most business owners have attorneys and CPAs and insurance folks because they don't, they're not well-versed, which they shouldn't be because they're trying to run their business. And that's where it's important to have people like Marta and also myself. Agreed. So when I first started working with fiduciary advice as a TPA, we really started that relationship because we expected like our really large plan sponsors to be very interested in outsourcing. Um, and some of them were, but we offered it to everybody as part of the proposal process, um, as part of our year-end data collection. Hey, you are the 402. Do you want to be? That kind of thing. And I was really surprised at the smaller plans that, to your point, said, you know, I am the head dentist. I am head of HR. I do, you know, I, I'm trying to run my business. I don't know everything there is to know about 401k or what I should be doing or shouldn't. So, yes, you're hired. So, we do 316 services, and I feel like they're technically called ministerial. Yes, uh-huh. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Some legal term, which I, I, I asked Marta that whenever she started with uh, fiduciary-wise, you know, just kind of explain that to me. So, we're pretty limited. I mean, when you really look at what a fiduciary is responsible for, we're more limited. It's very specific. We do sign the 5500. Um, you know, we, we can assist with finding a new auditor, all these things that are in our engagement letter. Um, I totally forgot where I was going with that thought. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is where I was going. Oh, y'all might not want to drink wine the next time I record one of these. <laughs> I, we have a three person plan. It's three, per, it's a doctor and his two staff members. When we sent out our marketing, like blurb, like a actually hard mailing, probably six or seven years ago, 
for 316 services, he was the first person to call a three-person plan. And he told me, I do not want to be responsible for this. And so because it was three people, I'm like, I'm not even going to charge him that much. I mean, I know you got to charge for some liability, which is fine. Um, And it was one of those things when I told him I was going to charge him. He goes, that's the best money I've ever spent, Melissa. And I thought, darn it. (laughs) Wait, did you say he was a doctor or an attorney? He's a doctor. Yeah. So I personally have found that attorneys and doctors are... The, they they get this concept yes. the fastest yes because uh, reducing liability is like their right. number one priority. You got malpractice and you got attorneys yes. that talk about liability. Yep. Yeah, and they understand. That's why that law firm was like, I don't want to go bundled. I want to keep you. I want oversight. You know, not that other people don't understand it, but you know, yeah, they just get the concept faster because it is complex. I mean, I worked with fiduciary wise for years before I was joined their firm, and so. Um, it does take a little bit to kind of wrap your head around because it's very different than what's what you typically see in the marketplace. Yeah, and again, the bundled providers are basically advertising a one-stop shop. Wouldn't it just be better to have everything in one place? And it's actually not. Mm-hmm. It's just not. So anyway, with that being said, Marta, how do you have any other do you have parting thoughts? You look like you're okay. Yeah. How I, I mean, I'm with 850 plans. Y'all's y'all's like home office per se is out of Arizona. Correct. Okay. Marta's based out of? San Antonio. And so y'all service clients nationwide? We do. Okay. And how can people get in touch with you? Um, so you can find us on our website at fiduciarywise.com. My email address is marta.hurst at fiduciarywise.com. And I don't know. That's probably the best way. We are on uh, LinkedIn. I and I, I just did a fun little Q&A for TPAs and advisors that we are, are posting questions um, on our LinkedIn, so you can check us out there. That'd be really nice because I feel like I didn't get as many views on that. So okay, I'll be well, sure to I check it out. But I really think the, <laughs> the name fiduciary wise is very nice and catchy. Oh, good. I would have nothing to do with that, but yes. I agree. Good, Don, Don. He really knows what he's doing. Don does. Don knows what he's doing. So, all right, Marta. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This was so much fun, and I can't wait to see the rest of Baton Rouge. Bye, everyone. <laughs>